Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. My name is Kata Schwain. I currently teach at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and I also write books occasionally. And this week, uh, my husband and I are doing a series of linked classes, and so picking a theme each day. And our final day's theme is going to be failure. And he's going to spend a session in the morning talking about the stories of Eve and Judas in the Bible and their particular kinds of failures. Um, And then in the afternoon, a bunch of us will gather to do some writing about uh, failure in our own lives. And what I think is interesting about the Eve and Judas stories is that those failures are very much about actions, um, a kiss and eating well, a fruit of some sort specifically. Um, But in our lives, a lot of times our failures have to do with inaction, things we wish we'd done but haven't done or didn't do. Um, So I'm going to read a short piece by a woman named Beth Ann Fennelly, and it's from a book called Heating and Cooling, 52 Micro Memoirs. So I'll read the piece, and then I will offer a couple prompts and If you feel brave at home, given that our theme is fear not, you might try doing some writing about your own failures. So this brief piece is called Another Missing Chapter in the Parenting Handbook. When our daughter was nine, she contracted a brain-eating amoeba after swimming in a neighbor's pond. Or so she believed. There was no talking her out of it, though Lord knows I tried. The next day, she wouldn't join the kids leaping through the sprinkler. Go have fun, I told her. She shook her head. She was done with fun. I found it, at that point, almost cute. It grew less cute acutely over the following days. Fretting, I conceived the cure. A water park. Who could watch kids shriek down the slide and not join them? She could. She read Greek myths, hunkered under a towel to ward off splashes, deaf to our pleas. She led the way to the car, her thighs bearing welts from the chaise's plastic straps. When I discovered she was faking her bath, she'd lock the door, run the water, then emerge, dressed and dry, I became truly concerned. She gave up nothing when questioned, as if explaining would jeopardize our lives, too. I showed her articles detailing symptoms she didn't have. She shook us off. Maybe she just wants attention, said my mother. Maybe but it didn't feel that way. Her light was on at odd hours. She was having problems sleeping. While she was too young to develop serious B.O., her bangs clumped greasily, and the back of her hair was pasty with white gunk. I felt embarrassed and ashamed at feeling embarrassed. Should we consult a child therapist? 
One day in the bathroom, trying to get through to her while trying to get a comb through her hair, I grabbed the fist-sized tangle and shook. I'm going to have to cut this off, I snarled. Do you understand? Unless you get over this silly fear. I wanted to rattle her head until the crazy fell out. To lock the door, turn on the faucet, and force her under. To prove she wouldn't die. Clearly, I needed a break, so my husband and I met our friends at the bar. Many of them don't have children, and they like when we complain about ours. But our friends didn't laugh. Instead, they recalled their own childhood brushes with rare infectious diseases. Our friends, smart and successful adults who began life as smart and weird children, felt for our daughter, our smart and weird daughter, dedicated to her dying. One friend, drunkish, a successful sports writer, said, Give me your phone. I can handle this. How, we asked, how can you handle this? He said, I'm going to tell her. Here he deepened his already deep voice right in front of us, his face sobered, sovereigned. This is Dr. Thompson, Anna Claire. There is no such disease as a brain-eating amoeba. Now I command you to put aside these childish fears and rise and shampoo your hair until it squeaks. Mesmerized, I passed him my phone. He put it on speaker and we all leaned in. We could hear the ringing. It rang and rang and rang. She must be in the shower, I said for a laugh. Laughter wasn't the best medicine, but it would be all I'd have hereafter. In time, she'd get over her fear on her own. By then, the sickness had spread, because something was eating my brain, too. Knowing that she'd had her first problem I couldn't solve, and knowing there would only be more of them, and knowing that she'd known that already, and had decided, in her mercy, to spare me. So, um, obviously this passage is about a lot of things, but one thing it is about um, is this parent realizing her inability to solve her her child's problem and and that kind of parenting failure. So what I encourage you to do at home, if you're feeling brave, is to think of a time um, when you failed to do something. Uh, think of failures not of action, but in action. And once you come up with an incident, feel free to write it out as a scene, try to explain it to yourself. Or if you want to, you could even title the piece why I didn't, whatever, why I didn't um, tell my daughter I loved her, why I didn't um, hug my boyfriend goodbye at the airport, whatever it is, it can be small, it can be big. Um, And then try to write an explanation to the reader or to yourself for why you didn't do that thing. Um, And then at the end, think about um, if you were in the same position again, whether you would act or choose not to act in the same way and why that might be. Or if you're interested as a parent in the parenting nature of this piece, this piece is titled Another Missing Chapter in the Parenting Handbook. You could feel free to write your own chapter um, of, or your own missing chapter from the parenting handbook. Or if you're not a parent and would like to substitute a different word there, like another missing chapter from the girlfriend handbook or another missing chapter from the friendship handbook, or whatever, um, feel free to go for that too. But mostly I encourage you to to think about a a time of failure and to be brave in facing that and to be really brave by writing about it. A lot of times by 
telling a story, um, you find your way into mm-hmm. how it's going to make meaning in, or how it makes meaning for you in your life. Writers have really different opinions on who the audience is that they write for. Mm-hmm. And some writers will say, like, I write for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm the only audience I write for. And some writers will say, I write for like a select group of three people that I feel like are really good readers of my work and they're who I write for. And some writers will be like, no, I mean, I think, I think of a large audience out there that are readers of books. And so um, I'm writing for them. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.